0: Yes, folks. What you heard was the. <laughs> <laughs> what you heard, folks? I missed it. I missed it.
1: <laughs> you
2: like, have a little. He goes d- d- a nice ass for now on this. Yeah,
0: I'm just, I'm
1: <laughs> <just like laughs> looking through this thing. And
0: <laughs> That's it. Twenty seventeen. I'm switching to bubbled water. There's no caffeine in this, folks. Are you? Yeah. A, are you a Lacroix boy? I'm gonna. <laughs> I don't even know what that is. I'm oh, isn't
3: La Croch Water big here?
0: <laughs> I don't even know what you guys are talking about. This Tonic is water. Uh, c- carbonated water made by like ShopRite or something. It's just probably the worst water just bubbled. <laughs> so
2: See, uh, You throw some uh, tangerine in it and a slice of lime, I'm on it with you. Mm-hmm.
0: You better believe it. <laughs> Perhaps, folks, it's, 20, it's 2017. Happy New Year. And it could be. Uh, Happy New Year. It's always great to spend New Year's Day with people. There you go. It's always fun. It's great. Perhaps I'm turning over a new leaf, get it, cutting the caffeine out of my life, yeah. and uh, the real the real enemy, uh, from what I've read on the Facebook, you know, people post all sorts of wacky mm. stuff on Facebook. There's always conspiracies. The real enemy, of course, is uh, refined sugar. Yes. yes, and the refined yes. sugar companies yes. blamed fat forever. Fat free, covered it fat-free, up. Fat free, fat free, covering up. But just pour the pour the sugar in. Yep. I tell you, there's You're no better off
3: eating a stick of butter. There's
0: no sugar in this vintage seltzer.
3: No.
2: Or in my vintage brand. brand. Sodium-free,
0: <laughs> calorie-free, sugar-free.
2: Vodka's sugar-free. Isn't Fun-free. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: you'll be surprised, but, folks. If you go on a diet, if you cut out all white sugar, you'll be amazed of the changes in your life. Now, said, granted... I'm
2: glad, I'm glad you said you didn't cut out all sugar.
0: No. Yeah, in mean, fruit, the sugar. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, okay. added sugar. Yeah, yeah. Yes. added sugar. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's the
1: key. Added. And, but and like, look at the stuff that you currently eat, and like,
0: see what's like hanging out in there. Like <gasps> your like,
2: toothpaste. If you sugar and to, toothpaste. If you go to if
1: you go to
0: restaurants, well, it's a good thing I don't eat too much of it. I know. You know. Sodium bombs and sugar bombs in restaurants. Sodium bombs in
3: restaurants are awful. That's why I I, I, know. I like to cook, and I at home. I feel I eat better than I do when I go out. And the other part of it is the if you let's say you make your own bread you know what goes into it you don't mm-hmm. add if you're making bread you don't add sugar to bread but yeah. you look what's in the ingredients on store-bought sugar. bread sure yeah. yeah
1: 2017 we are the film fitness podcast right. That's-
3: <laughs> yeah well if you See get you that rb67 one in each hand lift that up 10 times right Hey, no. i'm in the
0: studio with uh my name is michael Rosso. i'm here with matt Mirage. Hey, Leslie Lazenby. Hi, everyone. Mark O'Brien. Hi there. It's FPP 157, January 1st, 2017. Exciting stuff? Exciting. Let's get right into it. Yeah. This says, this is from David Collins. David says, Wow. An email from Michael Rosso. (laughs) Because I emailed it. And he asked a question, (laughs) I answered it. Oh, wow. Okay. Words can't express how much I have enjoyed everything you have done. You're very welcome, David. You're very welcome. I'm very sincere about what I do with film. Mm
4: -hmm.
0: As a matter of fact, I won't go on, I promise. As a matter of fact, every day of my life involves film. If I'm not dealing with film photography, I'm dealing with film making. If I'm not dealing with film making, I'm I'm dealing with film preservation. If I'm not doing any of those three, I'm thinking about film. Film, yes. I have been using film, this is David, since I got a Kodak Instamatic for Christmas... When I was 13 in 1978.
3: He caught me doing a not so great job wrapping a great Christmas gift. A Kodak Tele Instamatic 608 camera.
0: I got a Canon QL17 for my birthday at 16. Wow, that's a good one. Now I use a Pentax ME that was made in 1979. I never had an attraction to digital aside from a cheap Fuji camera. Always used film and will continue to do so. Oh, David sent me. The topic is share film Ferrani project. I do get emails saying, "Hey, man, have you heard of heard email? this What's update?" Yeah, we all see the updates. Yeah, yeah, we, yeah. 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 we, we kicked them money. Yeah. We're, yeah. We're, we're in the loop. Yeah, but it's a good bridge because Matt was saying, "Hey, Mike, 2017 is going to be the year of." And I said, "E6." He said, "Oh, well, we did E6 last year." I'm like, "No, that was like two years ago." <laughs> And I think it will be the year of E6, because here in 2017, Film Ferrania, the restart-up of the plant in Italy, mm-hmm. is saying the film's going to get released in 2017. Right. That's a massive undertaking, wouldn't you say, Matt? Huge. And they've made really big strides. Uh, they've had a lot, of, uh,
1: a lot of pitfalls along the way. Uh, a lot of th- unexpected occur, but you know they also budgeted for that too when they were raising money. So uh, I'm still really hopeful. The biggest thing about them is they're they're transparent, but they're not like so transparent uh that you're you're seeing like every little thing happen but they're big you know very well put together updates so that my that's a nice colors. thing to see yeah exactly I, I don't i don't really like hearing like every little thing that happens with the project i just want to know if i'm gonna get my stuff you know like, every, like <laughs> oh, everybody sure. else yeah yeah, yeah. Right. And that's all we want to know and,
0: and we're wishing them the best and why don't we kick off that year Mm-hmm. With some, something that's now been very well tested and, and very well shot by many people. now it's called FPP Retrochrome. It is a Kodak Etrochrome film that is expired. That was, uh, well, I bought it from a, a government facility. Uh, this thing was deep underground. I, very simple. Because everyone's like, where, where is it from? All I do is look on the box. This is the original address on the box. <laughs> I looked it up online. It's a nuclear testing plant in Nevada. That's where this ectochrome came from, Area 51? I don't know. Area 51? <laughs> I don't know. Area 320. What are you covering <laughs> up? <Area> three, yeah. <laughs> but clearly, the, the U.S. government at some point, I'm guessing the early 2000s, mm-hmm. you know, 2000s, 2000 like 2006, had a use for retrochrome. I'm thinking that because they're on... Uh, 1,000-foot reels with a special core. I think they fit into a camera that was mounted to the bottom of some type of aircraft. Uh-huh. And it did surveillance. My
4: mm-hmm. guess. I mean, this is just yeah.
0: like my best guess. But it's fascinating. I love it. And the, the fascinating thing is I, I, what happens is I went out, out on a big auction, and then I wound up in another warehouse. I bought, it. I guess, all of it. As, Mark, you saw how much of it there oh, is. Oh, yes. I love it. When I go in that little storage room, it's like all this FPP retrochrome. 300, th- 320, FPP high-speed three 3- 320. I shoot it at a 400 these days. I-, I found after many tests. I do, too. I'm shooting at mm-hmm. 400. The ISO, the, the, the DX code is 400. Mm-hmm. And then we have a very limited amount of uh, retrochrome 160 uh, left. This is E6 color slide film. It also cross-processes. If you want to process it yourself in C41 or send it out to, uh, like, the darkroom.com. we'll mm-hmm. cross-process it for you.
3: How does a 320 look cross-processed? Uh,
0: it looks good. It's grainier. But you see, the 320 slide film is a warm film. Okay. Mm-hmm. So it's warm, and then when you cross-process it, it's warm. Okay. The, the Retrochrome 160 is a cool film. It has a, a blue mm-hmm. cast to it. it. does. But when you cross-process that, it warms it up okay. beautifully. Okay. So I think the 160 cross-process is better than the 320, in my opinion. Do you
2: change your ISO if you intend to cross-process? I don't. Okay.
0: But it's just me being very lazy. (laughs) Like, i just like, eh, whatever. But
2: but But, the negs are fine then, right? Yeah. Well, then there's no need to. Yeah. Sometimes people do and don't, so I just thought, well, they listen to this, they try it, they don't have to look it up now, they got it. Yeah. And, of course, if you
0: mm-hmm. haven't seen, a like, a FPP camera of the year, that's because the previous camera of the year is still king. <laughs> and that is the Pentax K1000. Hasn't, hasn't been dethroned yet. Yeah, no. I mean, there's really... So you may say 2017. What's going to be hot? Pentax K1000. Have to get one of those E6 film uh, if you could find Kodak X-Chrome or any of the stocks, you know, previously released stocks. Mm -hmm. Is Fuji still making E6 Uh, film? Yeah, uh, they got the
1: Velvia the 100. No, I don't know about the 100 anymore. I, I know they have. Yeah, Provia is still a thing, and then Velvia 50 is definitely still a thing. 100 probably in smaller sizes,
0: but I know the bigger sizes. It's down to Velvia 50. Yeah. And then the question is, uh, I believe that Kodak can make Ektachrome if they want. Question mark on that. I, I mean, they know. can. Uh, they can? Why not? I don't know. See, there's such knocked a... knocked the plant down. This oh, There's such a resurgence in motion picture film. Super 8 is a big push for Super 8. That would be a, an amazing stock. Although... The only reversal film they have is black and white, though, right? Yeah, Trax. Yeah. Trax, Reversal, Super 8, or 16mm. Yeah. But I'm not hopeful because they're pushing the, the Vision 3 so hard. Mm-hmm. that That's it, pretty much. Yeah. yeah. Vision 3, Super 8 is a negative, so you get a process, and then you have to scan it to reverse it. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if any labs are making... Because traditionally, you'd shoot 35mm, 16, shoot the negative, make a, a print. A dupe, yeah. And then you would screen your print. Okay, so I don't think that service is available for S- Super Eight.
3: So, f- do you mm-hmm. think? So, what, what are movie productions doing? Are they just taking that Vision film, scanning it, and then taking that digital image and then using that for the for the movie because they're not putting it on film? I'm, Man, I'm,
0: I'm so glad that Mark asked.
3: I'm guessing a lot of the output's digital because a lot of
0: movie theaters they signed agreements for digital distribution. I'll take the yeah. guess out. Yeah. All right, they're shooting. Uh, okay, so J.J. Abrams, yes, he's shooting Kodak, Kodak Vision Three. Whether it's a beautiful 70 millimeter or 35 millimeter. Shoot it. Digitally encode the film from the negative. Do your post-production on an, probably an Avid system. I don't know this for a fact. I don't know J.J. Abrams. but I'm guessing. But if you folks out there, like our good friend uh, yeah. Randy Babatis, Babatis. Yeah. Our good friend Randy Babaitis, who we met in California. Mm-hmm. I know Randy. I think he was working for Disney. Maybe you could do a little digging, Randy. Anyhow, Avid system. <laughs> digital. Make the movie. Put the special effects in. da 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 Yes, make your digital copy that gets beamed to theaters, but that file is then goes back to the lab and they make archival prints, archival then. negatives and prints, and okay. they go in some yeah. weird Disney basement. The, somewhere. East, the Eastman vault,
3: yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and of course, anyone who looks at film knows its archival properties, yeah, whereas digital, we don't know, we've only had no. a very short span. If you get bad. Bad bits or bad bites or whatever. Bad backups. Anything? You know, yeah.
0: I mean, as m- most folks know, I'm, I'm uh, heavily involved with the world of independent filmmaking. And up until, let's say, mid-1995, all, you know, all the crappy films made by filmmakers, <laughs> my, myself included, shot on film. And I continue to shoot on film. But let's say 95 through today, independent filmmakers all shot on digital. I think in the future there's going to be a big void. Oh, yeah. There's a the name for it this oh digital darkness the digital dark age yeah digital dark age, age is what we're living in all those films mm-hmm. independent l- super low budget no budget films shot on digital first of all filmmakers are like losing their stuff hard mm-hmm. drives are exploding mm-hmm. uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> filmmakers low budget filmmakers Matt, don't they, don't they pay don't pay back their stuff up don't, oh, pay, I, don't, see pay, it, don't it, I see I see it every bill. day Yes. Yeah. yeah.
1: I see it every day, and you know, I'm I the know. video guy over at Impact. Yeah. So I mean, I see these guys. They have no budget. I mean, they hardly have a budget for the camera, let alone backup backups. They don't want to hear backups or hiring other help. It's uh, that's the the last thing that happens until it happens. Oh, you know, God, the yeah. big and one. The big one. The big one. Like when they lose that that's hard really drive so. that has yeah. everything.
3: They're sitting there, at the computer. Lightning strikes and. That's it.
1: They don't have, they don't know how to back up on site. They don't have anything off site. Yeah. Uh, I probably have out of, I'm not calling anybody out in particular, but like out of all the customers I help out regularly, I can name only two that have like legitimate, big you know, backup systems with redundancy and off site and everything. And, uh, and these are independent guys, all the big companies. If you don't have that, I don't know how you're in business. Yeah. But, you know, like, for independent uh, filmmakers, yeah, it's it's the least worried about thing
0: currently. Also, Matt, you asked before we started taping. Oh, yeah. You were like, yeah, oh, hey, what's going to be the year? Well, for me, it's going to be the year of 16-millimeter filmmaking. Ooh. Oh, yeah. Now, whether I'm going to get behind the camera, I don't know. I'm going to just go light a match and burn that money right now. Mm,
4: that's right, yeah. <laughs> Yeah.
0: No way. I mean, I've been talking to uh, my friend Henry Cudo for over a year now. I'm like, come on, man, let's make a 16-millimeter feature.
2: Well, like uh, in uh, Mr. Frankenstein, I had a scene where um, where I... I was playing uh, the character car with
1: Jester, and I had to arrest myself. <laughs> yeah. No, I get the same way, though, when it's like... I, I was talking to you before before we started recording. I'm like, Mike, i got to re-up this large format film. The, the the freezer's getting lower. Like, I don't care. I, it's, that fridge has to fill up so I can keep shooting. So right. It's, it's well, the same, you don't want to hear that,
0: uh, you know, uh, Eastman Kodak or some other company to stop making it. Because you no. want
3: to be stocked up. want we'll to be ready, yeah. yeah. Well... A passion for what you do is important. Yeah, and you don't. And when you have that passion for doing a project, all the yeah. other things are less important.
0: Yeah, and there are a lot of sto- stops and starts. Sixteen, I found out that my Bolex, the gate was jammed, so worked that out. I own a Airflex SR, Ooh. which I sh- shot all of uh, the Brett Piper, shot on film. Uh, I love those collaborations you and Brett Piper. Yeah, those, those are, are great awesome. movies. Uh, there's some late night TV shows that we shot, uh, Playmate of the Apes. Oh, <laughs> shot on Super 16. Uh, you know, it's a wonderful, wonderful format. And I'm hoping, I'm thinking, Film Ferrania, they're coming out with 16 millimeter. They are. Those awesome people at Lomography, are you guys aware they've been coming out with stocks? The, no. the Lomo Turquoise 16 millimeter.
1: 16? Oh, that's crazy. Yes, wow. it's
0: crazy. Yeah. But it's perfect for experimental movies. Yeah. Lomo Purple, sixteen. It sounds like it should
3: be like something done in Sweden.
0: Yeah, Lomo Purple, of course, is a faux infrared. Yeah, it's
3: yeah. not infrared. It's just uh-uh. a color just shift. A, yeah. So. yeah,
2: yeah.
0: As a matter of fact, I've shot thirty-five millimeter Lomo Purple film, which is faux infrared, in Photoshop. Just with one slider, you can completely color correct it right back to the way it's like. Oh, is, yeah. And is it a good film? Like when you do that? Or? Well, I, I've never done that oh, okay. because what's the purpose? But to it, shoot like that. Yeah. But you could you could find a a sweet spot if you wanted. Uh-huh. Like if you shoot, like, you know, Grandpa Jimmy's 91st birthday party. <laughs> uh, like, oh, my God, I have a little more purple in the camera. <laughs> you can color correct it.
3: He's looking a little it's ghastly. Depending on the filter you have on. Yeah.
2: There's multiple filters.
0: And also, you know, I love doing those three-minute Super 8 movies. I get such a thr- And, of course, I have a whole library of 1980s mm-hmm. stuff that I shot. Mm-hmm. That I'm just getting to transfer and, you know, folks are... Uh, Thank you, folks, commenting on how you enjoy the sound effects.
1: Yeah, you're putting those up on Instagram too, aren't you? Uh, Instagram,
0: yeah, uh, YouTube. Ooh, yeah, yeah. So it's a lot. Of, it's going to be an exciting year. But let's go around the table. Leslie, any thoughts for, for 2017 of what you'd like to shoot or what you think you're going to do? Ah, I've
2: got some very, very old cameras that I want to shoot. Um, you need a plate. roll of
0: No. No, plate, oh. <laughs> cam- plate cameras.
2: No, 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 no. Who did the dry the dry plates? Is oh, it uh, the, is it the people that did Galaxy? Galaxy Hyperspeed. Yeah. So I got in on that. I've got some dry plates coming, Ooh. some old cameras. So those would be glass negatives, mm-hmm. Packard shutters, brass lenses. So.
0: What was it called, the Galaxy Plate thing?
2: Uh, galaxy Dry Plates.
0: Yep. Yeah, and that was last year, there was like a Kickstarter? It was a Kickstarter. They had, were, kind they of Indi- it. were they Indiegogos or Kickstarters?
2: I think they're Kickstarter. Okay. I think.
1: I'm not sure. And who are these Galaxy guys? I don't know. <laughs> but what? I can
2: tell you, you know, I, I did the first one with the, I did the 5x7 positive K- paper. paper. Mm-hmm. And I uh, got my kit in, looked at it, and one of my chemistries kind of had a little broken cap and was kind of doing some funky stuff in the box and dialed them up. We'll get you another one right out. Wow. You, so they were, they're were they personable, easy to work with. For folks listening, mm-hmm. uh,
0: Galaxy Dry Plate, it's a piece of glass yes. with an emulsion coated on well,
2: it. what's on it already.
0: Uh, 129 backers pledged $15,740 wow. to bring this project to life this past July eighteenth, 2016. That's amazing. Hats mm-hmm. off to Galaxy Photographic for doing this, and hats off to Lamography. They keep launching Kickstarters that They're they stellar. go into hyperspace. Yeah. They do. Yeah. yeah. Like
1: the the Lomo instant? Crazy. It's every a, every time they knock it out of the park. Yeah.
2: Knock it out of the park. hmm And that's exciting. hmm So that's kind of my plan. I wanna work with those a little bit more. Got some uh, some plans for the shop too coming up that I'm not gonna discuss oh, here. But gonna unveil it. Uh Pro- yeah, I'll, in- I'll unveil it, and it'll change my uh, amount of time and things that I have to do on other projects and shift the focus and all that kind of thing.
0: Right, right, right.
2: Yeah. I'm going to open up, actually, I'll tell you, the alternative alternative cinema. Oh, is that right? What's no. That <laughs> You're going to open a, <laughs> uh, an a- alternative, alternative cinema.
0: Oh, okay. I thought you are going to open a VHS shop. Oh, no.
2: <laughs> Mine would be worse. Mine would be the beta shop. Ah. <laughs> ah. <laughs> uh. Anyway... Mark O'Brien, how about you? Oh,
3: yeah. <laughs> uh, let's see. I think I'm going to apply for some art in residence programs. Ooh. Are you? Yeah, there's one up at uh, Sleeping Bear Dunes. I'm think I'm going to apply for, and uh, that
1: one doesn't get a lot of love, so you got a good shot.
3: Yeah, I know, and it's and, and I've shot up there enough times, and I know exactly what I want to do. I think it'd be a lot of fun. So there's that. A three, C threes. Ain't never crappy camera club eats up some of my time, but a little bit of that, and obviously more FPP shows.
0: What year a 3 a- C A A three C three are you in?
3: uh Let's see. I think we're in our tenth year. Oh, okay. Yeah, well, our first show was in two thousand seven.
0: Okay, you gonna have big
3: cake this year? Yeah, maybe in the shape of an argus, huh? Yeah. Cute. <laughs> <ship of> <laughs> And uh, yeah, our first our first show was yeah I think it was in March of 2007. Traditionally, when do you have shows? It varies. I mean, it's it's like herding cats. Obviously, uh, we had a really successful show back in October of the homage to Holga. It was, I think, pretty well received.
0: Any cameras you want to shoot this year that you haven't shot in a while?
3: Someone wants to send me a Bronica SQ. I'll I'll be glad to shoot it for a while and send it back to him.
0: Sorry, okay. I haven't found one for you yet, but I'll I'll keep looking. Any yeah. folks out there? If you have a
3: Bronica, what's it called? Squeezie. S-Q-A.
0: <laughs> S-Q-A. <laughs> <A squeezy-A. laughs> if You guys have a Bronica sitting on yourself? Uh, maybe uh, you know, podcast at filmphotographyproject.com, and I'll get in touch with Mark O'Brien. Just want to borrow it. <laughs> be fine. It'd be good yeah. to get much I exercise. don't need to
3: own every camera that I've ever used. Yeah. You know,
0: I like borrowing cameras. I do on that hand sometimes, the yeah. 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 Something
3: yeah. I want to talk about. And that'd, be a, one. that'd be kind of a cool thing of a camera library. And, you know, someone could check one out for a We month. did that at the
2: walking workshop.
3: Yep. Yeah. Oh, that
0: was fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And it was just take the camera. It was no like like putting a credit card in print. Remember? It was just easy. No, it was just
2: easy peasy. Yeah. Mm hmm. Yeah. 90% of them came back.
0: <laughs> no, they all came Matt, back. Matt, what you got lined up?
1: Uh, re- actually, very similar vein to what Mark's talking about. I, you know, I got a taste last year of the. Uh, the gravy train that is uh, grants and uh, artists and residency programs, and I want to want to remain on that train. Uh, it's a it's a good uh, it's a good club to be in. Uh, definitely like it when other people are uh, making it happen financially <laughs> uh, to do to do your work, which is cool. Uh, gonna keep focusing on some of the nature stuff. Uh, I got some portrait projects. I'm working with my uh, my buddy Mr. Tariq Terry. We've Plugged him on the show a, or a couple shows back. Yep. Uh, so working with him, he's keeping me fresh in the studio, which is fun. Working with some more of that Impossible film. I, you know, as much as I do or I, I, I avoid talking about Impossible stuff, I really like their their eight by ten film. You know, it's it's Ew. it's really like the most understated stuff uh, that's out there. It's big. It's instant. Actually, you compare it to the cost of all the all the malarkey you have to do to. <laughs> <laughs> to process a sheet of 8x10 film. It, it's worth it. You see, you get the print right there, and some people like it because it's, it's the person they see in the mirror. You know, it's flipped, like yeah. your wet plates and stuff. It's just great. I love the black and white. Uh, the rumor has it there's there's going to be a, a new color version rolling out this year, so might push me into some more. Uh, so Big Instant it, it, you know, might be my year for that. Okay. I'm, I'm out of the Polaroid stuff, so I'm banking on this. What
0: 8x10 camera are you using this year?
1: The same two I use uh, from here on out in the field, I use the Takahara. Well, you know, fingers crossed it holds together throughout this year. Uh, it's it's getting a little rickety. Um, and then I've got the uh the, scenar, the the big beast, the one I brought out here all but one, all of once. Um, and that hangs out in Tariq's studio. Oh, where, is that right? Yeah. It, and it's great that I have a place where it can live because, you know, like hauling that thing in the, the coffin that it comes in is like, yeah, wow. it's a lot of work. So doing that and hopefully maybe do some traveling and photography at the same time. Last couple trips I've done were like non-photography related, which was
0: relaxing. But we want to get some shots too. Awesome. We're going to take a quick break. we come back. Matt's going to roll out the large format in 2017. A changing
3: landscape. Julie. Now Kodak introduces a new pocket camera that lets you take your pictures two ways.
5: What are you doing here?
3: I want to take your picture.
5: I can't come down. I'm studying.
0: Well, that's okay. I can take it from here.
3: The new Kodak wow. Teleinstomatic camera has two lenses inside that let you switch from normal, flick of a finger, to telephoto. Julie,
4: for goodness' sake, hold it, Mrs. Wilson.
3: Kodak Teleinstomatic camera, less than thirty-six dollars at your photo dealers.
0: Hey, we're back. Large format for folks out there listening. We have um, is uh, thirty-five millimeter considered. It's considered micro.
2: Sub-miniature.
0: It is. It seems odd, right? I know. No.
2: Yeah, that was because everybody used 120, and oh my gosh, they come out with this tiny stuff.
0: Sub-miniature, 35 millimeter. Well, no,
2: not a sub. It's called a miniature film. I take that back. Yes, miniature film. 35 millimeter, Mm -hmm.
0: medium format, that's 120 roll film, Mm -hmm. or 620 (laughs) film. Then we had some old-timey roll films that are no longer manufactured for Mm -hmm. older cameras, like 616 or 6... 116. 116, 828, all those. Yeah. 120, 120, 100, yep.
2: 101, 130.
0: Crazy. Crazy. Uh, then you have large format, which is uh, 4x5, 5x7, 8x10, mm-hmm. and then there's some odd formats.
1: and then they all, Yeah, in between there, and then there's your ultra-large, which is anything larger than 8x10. So mm-hmm. And typically, some there is some of it that's on a roll, but mostly uh, individual cut sheets
0: to do it. Matt, let's talk about large format. This is a film that is in sheets. Yes, it's easy to get into, folks listening. If you want to go and buy, let's say a uh, Graflex. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> it's called like a Graflex Crown
1: Graphic Camera. Crown. Well, actually, you know, we can uh, we can kind of like smush two topics together now that you you, you brought up the G word there. Okay. <laughs> you know, 2017 is an interesting year. I I wouldn't jump right to a Graflex. Why? Uh, well, at, uh, at some of your major parts suppliers, parts are starting to dry up. I there. never even
0: knew there were parts. <laughs>
1: yeah. Uh, well, I mean, that's the only way you, you should be looking at a camera, honestly, especially large format, if, if you can either uh, repair it yourself or uh, source parts for it. Because, you know, things are going to get lost. Screws are going to come loose. Why are parts drying up for mm-hmm. the Graflex? Uh, they just haven't been manufactured. Nobody's really picked up the slack for producing their own. Um, they were all kind of unique parts. They weren't like a, a universal piece. They, they they were their own system, but nobody else picked up that system. So for somebody else to jump into it, it would be a lot. They'd either be three D printing or throwing down a lot of money to like mold it themselves. Right. So oh, I mean, you, you know that game with the making yeah, the schools yeah. and stuff. So it yeah. was yeah, a lot of Graflex uh, dealers, including Midwest Photo, they had some parts as as uh, short ago as like ten years back. But then that source dried up and now whatever they have is is pretty much gone. I think MPEX ran out of uh, ground glass and lens boards and things for them uh, uh, the beginning of winter uh, 2016 and that's uh, that was kind of it for it. So uh, people are now buying whole camera systems just to have like spares ready to go so it's, it's definitely becoming a more finite resource the prices are going up and it's like it's becoming less and less attractive to get something like that uh, I would recommend spend a couple extra bucks get like a folding field camera maybe even something that's made brand new and that's kind of what I was going to be talking about um, with this this whole changing landscape topic, there are actually uh, quite a few new cameras out there available as options. There's that fantastic little camera out of the UK budget option, the uh, the Intrepid oh, yeah. camera oh. made out of, made of like out of the, it's like a composite ply. So you know it's it's not the most wind resistant and heavy duty camera out there, but it, uh, it's it's going to get you into large format for you know under under four five hundred bucks, which is right. a killer price for that kind of camera. And then on the high end, there's actually a lot of cameras that are cropping up now, too. There's this uh, this Italian fellow. I, I've brought him up on the show before, but he just makes some really interesting cameras. Uh, the gentleman's name is Alessandro Gibellini.
0: Oh, nice name.
1: Nice name, super Italian, and super. He, he aims to be the uh, the Ferrari of the uh, large format world. He's making cameras out of bamboo, uh, mm-hmm. all out of carbon fiber, mm-hmm. aluminum. He They're all custom-designed, CNC'd insane level of detail he's now coming out with very geared technical cameras in the four by five and eight by ten size he makes custom ultra large crazy stuff he'll custom anodize things uh different colors premium products so expect a premium price tag Ferrari price exactly yeah it's not a it's it's a one and done type type thing unless you are a collector they are but they do look like pieces of art too so uh you know there's a lot of, of cool things happening a lot more people drumming up interest and some decent uh, decent availability as far as films. You know, Ilford's still going strong. Uh, Kodak uh, hasn't hasn't started any new ones, but also hasn't stopped any of their large stuff. I've actually seen some sources for large format increase. So, over in Europe, you can actually get your hands on quite a few different sheet films. And for those of us uh, here in the United States, uh, our, your bigger sources for sheet films would be like... Uh, your, your freestyle photo, your Adorama B&H, but uh, I highly recommend uh, taking a look into the Google. Uh, there are a few European uh, camera sellers out there uh, where you can uh, get film from them for even cheaper than some of your American sources, uh, even factoring in for shipping. The Google. So, and exchange rate, which is pretty uh, pretty gnarly. Uh, so there's more, uh, more availability, thanks to globalization. Uh, a lot more manufacturers. Uh, even though we had a few camera manufacturers discontinue stuff last year or go out of business altogether, uh, some of the other companies are picking up slack. The Chinese manufacturers, Shen and Chamonix, uh, when ebony dried up, they both came out with at least two cameras that filled kind of that void, a higher end, uh, field camera from those. And they're kind of becoming really reputable brands, um, in the film world. So there's a, a lot of cool stuff going on with that. It's actually never been a better time to get into uh, large format. There's still a lot of 4x5 stuff available. Um, if you're getting an 8x10, it's gotten really, really pricey. Uh, film holders and lenses have gone up in price for those, yet a lot of people are still trying to sell their cameras, so it's mm. kind of a weird time to be into the really big stuff, but that's never where I recommend to start anyway. always recommend to start 4x5. A lot more
3: stuff out there. So How about that travel-wide? Has that gotten that hasn't a lot gotten of as much it press. hasn't
1: gotten as much traffic as i or, or traction as i thought it would it's a solid little camera it's gotten positive reviews but it is a more point and shoot mm-hmm. style camera so i i think and and my, this is my take on it too i think even if i had a an eight x ten point and shoot style camera. I just wouldn't use it as much because the way I use large format is to to have those controls and those movements. Okay. If I just wanted a big negative, I'd probably just shoot the Hasselblad okay. yeah. for things. So, no, but that's a good reason. but for travel, literally for yeah. traveling, it's a ridiculously lightweight camera and still takes up less space than that Intrepid and about the same weight. So, those that are traveling, it's a really really darn good option. So, um, oh, and Ferrania may be doing a sheet. Or, f- let's see, is Ferrania going to be doing sheet? They're doing up to one twenty, and then uh, Cinestill, I believe they have a four by five film. They had a campaign last year. Yeah, for four by five. Four by five. Five hundred. Five hundred T. So that I mean, a new film. Yeah. A new film that is known to be pretty darn awesome to start. So. Um, That's really high speed in the sheet film arena,
0: so excited to see some results from that. Well, thank you, Matt. Uh, We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, why don't we gauge down to 120 and talk about the uh, Ward Flex.
4: When she's too beautiful for words, take a picture. When he's too wonderful for words... Take a picture. When it's too exciting for words, take a picture. Even when it's too much for words, well, even then, take a picture. For a picture tells what words cannot express. And a picture remembers when words might soon forget. So whatever it is you want to say most, say it now in pictures. This week get a roll or two of Kodak Film in the familiar Kodak Box. Hey,
0: we're back, we're back. You know, that's a really attractive box camera. Looks Ward like, flex.
2: Looks like a
1: looks like, twenty four. I, I thought it was a Yoshika yeah. Mat yeah.
2: Ward flex. It's so funny because uh Mark O'Brien acquired Award Flex the same time I
3: acquired this one. What happened was the film film, uh, advance was binding or something. And next thing I knew, I realized it was just freewheeling. Nothing was turning. Ah. And I looked inside, and there was two problems. I finally kind of fixed it. But then the little nub that goes in there to to rotate in the film, to hold the film, Mm -hmm. film core in, fell out. Oh, And I said never oh, good. Mess, I'm not going to mess probably with a warranty this. On so it. So it's it's a it's a shelf queen now. But got yours it. looks much nicer.
2: <laughs> it, well it's deceiving because this one's had the cover ripped off of it and re glued on and I until I started there's a little badge that's missing right here that hmm. tells you if you're X or M it. But, looks new. Um, you no, know, it looks in good shape. Yeah, and I've got I'm gonna have to get two no. little screws. Don't look there, too don't, closely. Don't, <laughs> don't look too close. I've the, the leather case for it. What is it? What is what? What is the ward flex?
1: The ward flex. The T L R.
2: As we know many Retail and catalog stores offered products that they put their own name on. Like Sears had the Tower brand. Mm-hmm. Penny's had either J.C. JCPenney or Pencrest. And Montgomery Ward was absolutely no different. They offered an entire camera line. They were not dedicated to saying, Canon, make me this, 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 and this. No, they pick and choose amongst different types from different companies. So this little orphaned Ward Flex 2 came in. It was kind of pretty. It's got this little metallic red thing on top, and I'll take it out and shoot it. Not not bad. And I did a little research on it, and there were actually three Ward Flex cameras. Two were metal. One was plastic. The plastic Ward Flex was made by Argus. It was a rebadged, do you know which one?
3: Off-hand? I believe rebadged Argo Flex E.
2: It was. That's exactly right. The Ward Flex 2 was the top of the line. There was some updates over the original Ward Flex, which was introduced I think in 55 by the um, Beauty Camera company. Another little thing. I got a beauty rangefinder camera in and I can't wait to use it because I'll be walking down the street and someone will go, point at me and go, it's a beauty. (laughs) 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 Anyway, it was made by the beauty camera company, which was formerly Toyota. This is a rebranded beauty flex T. This version top of the line does have bayonet mounts so that if you are attaching filters to the taking lens. And the uh, viewing lens, you can do so. Like I said, it looks very much like a Roloflex, Mm -hmm. a Yushika 124. Those of you that kind of want that Vivian Meyer look... Not bad. This, the Ward Flex 2 was introduced in 57. It does have a 3.5 lens. It's certainly not a darn thing special about it. One three hundredth of a second is the top out on it. Hmm. does have an MX. It uh, does allow you to shoot flash, yeah. Flash, yes, with either X or M sync mm-hmm. type. I didn't, wasn't aware of that until I looked at the manual and realized mine has been repaired and the badge is gone. I can still make the selection, but I didn't know what that was, essentially. But I was surprised that it really is quite a quality camera. It has an automatic stop for your film wine so that there is no red window, no double exposing, automatically advances. It um, has a really rather bright Fennell screen. It also does have the magnification. It's got the sports finder. That
1: was was the camera. I was like, that's a bright-ass Fresnel.
2: (laughs) Got the little thing there. Self-timer. I actually fired it up with a roll of black and white film on um, uh, July 4th, parade downtown Finley, Ohio. And they had this historic little vignettes all over. Abraham Lincoln was there. Uh, Ben Franklin was there. All those people were going around. Nobody gave me a second look. I had this vintage camera. Everything was kind of just off and weird. Today, if you purchase one, average price is 50 to $80. I was kind of surprised. That's
1: cheaper than a roller cord. That's great. Well, it
2: certainly is quite reasonable. I was a little surprised that maybe that it qu- brought quite that much. But after I used it, everything was, I cleaned the lenses on it and away I went. There is rumor going around that this was going to be a marketing ploy on Leave It to Beaver. This is the Ward Flex camera. Oh. And I have read that in a couple sources that they were even going to talk about a June Flex and, of course, the Beaver Flex and (laughs) the Wally Flex. And I'm not sure what I wouldn't give. What
1: I wouldn't give. What I I wouldn't give. The Beaver
2: Flex and the Beaver Flex 2. (laughs) Top (laughs) of the list. uh, it, it Uh. It took a minimal of cleaning, the lens was just a little. You know, it, some it, it looks of
1: it. just like a sharper 124 yashikama mat. Like it the only performed thing I can so well. The only thing I can see different is it's brighter and it's got that neat little red triangle. It's
2: got that neat little... Oh, I'm a sucker for that kind of stuff. I know. You know, so it reminds me I, a little bit of a seagull. I, too. I sunny sixteen my exposures that day, mm-hmm. and there was I'm twelve up and twelve down. They were perfect. There's a square wow. format. So that's what I got to say about the Ward Flex too. Some of these little. Odd cameras and, and who you think might be the manufacturer really aren't in the history of it. And
3: We should test the sh- shutter speeds.
2: We can. Uh, I don't want to know now because my shots were good. Until <laughs> t- so t- off.
0: Yeah. Can I put a roll in?
2: You sure can. This is fun, can. folks. You know what? I can't. <laughs> You're going to want to view that. Open up to make sure you've got the right X or M sync. Because yeah. if you go on M, it's going to fire at the wrong time. So flip the back open. Hold your flash up. We have Why de- am I looking we at We have you? determined which is the X and the M sync on this camera. I should go get that little angle bracket. You can you, you can hold it for that many. Oh,
0: where is it? I'll
2: go get it. Did
0: you uh, test the? No, we,
3: should, we could we could do the brownie with a shutter tester. We want to go so we, let's re- go through this. Did you cover everything on this?
2: I'm all I'm all finished on the Ward flex. Okay, the I'm Beaver, not The Beaver, Beaver flex, flex, the June <laughs> flex, and the
3: Wally flex. And the Wally flex. Okay. Well, why don't we uh, take a quick break, and then we'll come back, and I'll talk about the shutter tester. That's a great idea.
4: Brought to you by Polaroid, makers of the new Polaroid
1: color pack camera at half the price of the original model. And by old gold filters, flavors that never came through a filter before. And by new Bravo floor wax, so tough you can wash it with detergent. introduces an economy model of the famous color pack camera for half the price of the original. Same great film, same fast loading,
2: same electric eye, yet it's half the price of the original model. You get the same beautiful color prints in 60 seconds, black and white in 10, in the same big size, yet it's half the price of the original
4: model. Isn't it your turn to own a Polaroid color pack camera?
0: Hey, we're back, and we're going to be talking about something we've been threatening to talk about for, I don't know, three four years. <laughs> Seems like it. It's called a shutter tester. Shutter so shutter you tester. have a camera. You know, we all have vintage film cameras.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: How do you know if the shutter you're firing is accurate? How do you know,
3: Mark? You really don't. I mean, do I, th- I think with some cameras, you use them, and you assume that... The, Actually, with most cameras, most of us assume that when we have one 125th or one 500th or one 10th, that that is what the shutter's firing at. And for most SLRs that we use, most of them sound to us like they're working fine. And with older cameras, you can never really be sure. Um, And especially as some cameras age, they get little gummy or things just wear and so forth and and your so your shutter speeds may not be up to factory specs but depends on the factory i i think back in the 40s a lot of cameras are produced that you know whatever went out the factory door is what they were at and we'll never know if if they even left at what their specs speeds were supposed to be with that in mind one of the friends of of mine in michigan Met up with us in Kalamazoo back in in July when we had a Kalamazoo walk. Eric Bergstrom, who happens to also be not just a photographer but an electrical engineer, really nice guy, and he brought to the uh, to the walk in Kalamazoo. He brought a prototype of a shutter tester Ooh. with him, and he demonstrated there on the walk. And I was pretty impressed with it, and I thought, you know, this would be a useful tool um, for all of us who like to. to Dink around with old cameras because it would basically you'd like to know what shutter, what speed is the shutter really firing at, and especially with box cameras or whatever, you know they, you need to have a good idea of what the shutter speed is so you'll know what kind of film to put in because they have, usually just have one speed, and you don't want to always overexpose everything or underexpose. So what am I shooting, right? So Eric was kind enough to send send us. A second prototype of the Focron XA shutter tester. It's a beautifully designed unit here. It's got a little color LCD screen on it, um, several buttons for the controls. It's got um, two ports on the side one for the light source and one for an additional sensor, which, which is optional. And he's testing this out. This is not the official user manual, but for the FPP group, he wanted to have a document to explain some of the features of the tester. He's working on a website, www.phocronxa.net. He's hoping to have a Kickstarter going. People might say, oh, isn't a shutter tester kind of a... You know, a, a real geeky kind of thing to have, and yeah, it is. But it's also, it, it may help you if you if you've got a bunch of cameras deciding, you know, let's let's say you're selling stuff on eBay, and some guy just says, a, "Are the shutter speeds accurate?" And, you, and most of us can say, "Well, they sound okay." Well, you really mm-hmm. don't know, do you? No. They, they sound, sound okay, okay. Or, yeah. Or the classic, last time I used it. Oh, last time oh. I used it in 1967. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it worked just just great, and so. This is actually, um, depending upon the price point of this mm-hmm. unit, it may be a, an attractive buy for a lot of people. So we're just going to try it here with a with a little box camera just to get started. And it's got various things. It, it does leaf shutters, curtain shutters, There's calibration checks and so forth. It's got a little built-in operating guide on the screen. And it's about the size of a cell phone. And we have a kodak brownie target 620 here we want to do a little test up on the shutter here
1: so for you folks at home what's going on is mark is holding uh the unit and it's uh it's actuating he's actuating it while leslie's holding the light source so it can measure what's being blocked in the increment in which it's being blocked
3: so i can do a, a series of of shutter Actuations on this brownie, the nice thing it lists them all on a sc- on the screen, and so it get, you can look at the variation in in the in the shutter speeds, so i've got uh, oh, a huge flash just went off, and it and gave me a different reading, and just blew away all my readings uh, for
1: real? <laughs> yeah so uh, for you folks at home there are trying to get a handle on your your you know, process because
2: I had this jammed in his ear no. I'm seriously, mm-hmm. I did great okay. <laughs>
1: Yeah, Matt. Oh, so for you folks at home that are trying to get a handle on your your process, too, Um, especially uh, large format guys, you're hauling all this stuff out into the field. Uh, If your shutter, if one shutter on one lens is sticky and the other one's not, that's going to translate to variance in exposure. So if you want Mm -hmm. consistency across the way, you're either going to pay to have somebody test this or you can cut out the middleman with one of these.
2: I had one tested recently, which I thought was probably one of my very most high-end cameras Mm -hmm. modern over one 125th or 250th a second it was off
3: and you can't have that yeah it was
2: yeah so it's a surprise
3: and you would like to say oh with our modern electronic cameras i know exactly the the shutter speed should be proper they're quartz controlled well Mm -hmm. maybe something's wrong Uh okay so on the brownie actually we didn't blow all our measurements away we just got one that was out of range because it was so brighter than everything else so um, we had one 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 seventy fifth point nine, one seventy second point seven, one seventy second nine, one seventieth point two, and one sixty five point seven. So it's about one seventieth of a second. How old's that brownie?
2: That's not. I don't. I was looking for a patent date on it. It's probably about nineteen twenty.
3: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. That's that's pretty good. Yeah. I mean that's the instant, right? The just the one. Right, that's the just the, instant. the okay. instant exposure. Yeah, yeah. yeah not the, not the B. That's pretty predictable, though. I mean, that's, yeah, it is. Yeah. And it probably started out at what was that? Was that always one oh, seventieth or one one hundredth? It never?
2: was probably one one hundredth. Probably. Okay. So,
3: well, we okay. don't know. That's it true. It may have been one seventieth then. You it, know, it could it, have been because wow. it's just.
2: And line A may have been one seventh. Line B may have been one so right. I've
0: right. been walking around shooting the Ward Flex. I'm not fully paying attention. What were the results? Is it accurate?
3: Well, we don't know
0: what the well, shutter speed was supposed to be in this camera. Oh, one one fiftieth. Let's just say.
2: Well, that's one. It's about one oh. seventieth, and it's been really consistent. Yeah, with I just kind of grabbed this. Can, can, I, can I go ahead and test my? House? Oh yeah, go ahead. So that's perfect. This is that's the good. camera itself is very repeatable. And um, it right. helps me out if it's a bright day. I know What's Matt doing now? All right, folks at home,
1: so I'm going to set this thing to leaf shutter, and I'm going to test out my Hossie, see, right. see how far off it is. If, I know how if, far
3: off it is personally, but let's see if it knows. If you're just using the basic sensor, it doesn't matter whether it's leaf shutter. Only okay. if you're using this other sensor, external sensor does it matter. Okay, So and I
1: want to hold this where the lens is or where the film would go? Well,
3: where the lens is, and then put the light source in behind it. Oh, okay. So one of us can hold that. Great. All right, so we are
1: supposed to be at one five hundo. <laughs> Matt's one, changed. his Hassey
2: down to um one oh. <laughs> over two hundred
0: and fifty. Okay. Meanwhile, I just shot an entire roll right. in the Ward so Flex. There you go. I'm very excited. So
3: we could do a retest. All right. So that's one sixtieth. One sixtieth. Okay. Okay. A beauty. <laughs> okay. No flashes going off now. Yeah, we want to are you disappointed, Matt? 67.0. No, I'm actually
1: pleasantly surprised. Uh, uh, at the slower stuff, I'm, I'm becoming pleasantly surprised. At the higher speeds, the higher speeds go pretty quickly in that because that's a lot, uh, very quick for all, all that metal to move. So and which model do you have? 500C? 500C. So this is a 1951 camera. Yours is? Yeah. So it needs a CLA. 58. So I've never sent it in for
0: a CLA in the time I've owned it. Mine's so.
1: a C as well. And all right, that's clear. Yeah. That's, that's so, pretty good. Interesting. 60th is, Yeah. Pretty For folks at
0: home with a big hangover,
2: <laughs> <laughs> sitting there munching on your pork and sauerkraut. <laughs> right.
0: Uh, you can go to our show notes, filmphotographyproject.com. Click podcast. And you can see our show notes written by our pal Alex Laux in Canada. Oh, yeah, you could. Uh, I'm watching Mark O'Brien and yeah, Matt Mirage. They're testing. They're testing a shutter with it, some type of electronic device.
3: The Focron.
0: It's, it looks like... I feel like I'm watching, like, you know...
2: Mystery science, theater. No,
0: that, I feel like I'm watching, like... Uh, yep. qu- the Quator mass experiment.
1: Slow speeds are good. Fast speeds are not. But that's pretty consistent with what I've even seen when I've shot. So, uh-huh. no, that's... It's pretty and
3: darn good. The other thing is... The other thing is when you're used to shooting a certain camera and the results that you're getting that are consistent, you think, okay... I, that's what's working for me. Mm-hmm. and But to someone else who hasn't used that camera before, they might be thinking that everything is working to spec, and they're getting slightly different results. Uh, I guess one of the things that, that this also points out is we might be disappointed in how accurate our shutters are. I think it's, I think it's worth just leaving it alone
0: because <laughs> you're going to get like uh, very um, paranoid and you're going to be testing all your shutters and you're going fi- to you're going be very disappointed in my opinion to find out that how many of your cameras are a little on the sluggish side I was yeah it's like
2: I'm gonna just hang it up yeah. but at the same yeah. well, at the no, same time it, but if you're
3: selling some gear and some guy says, "Hey, how's the shutter working?" and well it sounds good and it wasn't good again, enough anymore
0: It flushes every argument on any thread. About You know how I was talking before about people always comparing films? Right, right. Like, oh, you know, let's compare like Ektar to Portra or this to that. Like, please. Like, time of day, what camera? Did you use the same camera for the other film? Who processed this? How did it get processed? And how did you scan it? It's all different to the eye. So take into consideration now one more thing, which is you're also, everyone's testing these films with, digit, with vintage cameras. Right. Mm-hmm. And all these shutters are off. So there's no accuracy. What there's nothing scientific right. about anyone's test, other than just making a lot of noise on the internet. Wow!
3: And I think this oh, is this is called commandos. This is <laughs> called hysteresis when you've got these variables in a shutter yes. like that, and there's there's a certain amount of slop that you're allowed.
0: If you're shooting negative films, there's lots of right. the way, Wrote lots of slop. Yeah, this is
1: crazy. He built a user guide into this thing, so there's oh, no manual. Yeah. It is the
3: manual. Yeah. That's, that's really uh, that's t- very 000. thorough. It very is very thorough. 000. Yeah,
1: it's got little screenshots on how to use it itself. I mean, no, it's
3: it's 000. a really I think well designed product, and um, I think if you're interested in testing your shutters just for your own amusement, but also it's it's informative too. If you've got older cameras and you'd su- like to say is it worth me getting this thing looked at because I'm not happy with my results, but what am, what are my, why am I getting the results I am getting? Right. Right. So, and if you'd say, well, I think my slow speeds are off a little bit. I'd kind of like to know how far they are off and then I can make adjustments in how I shoot. Right. And, and so that's, that's useful too. And how, what is that device actually called? Um, the Focron X A P H O C R C H R O N. So yep. Basically, photon chronometer kind of sort of thing. I Phocron X A, like in the Olympics. Olympics X A. Yes. Shutter speed tester. Shutter speed tester. And where
0: does one get one?
3: Well, he's he's working on a Kickstarter. Oh. And, uh, and his his. Uh, what month
0: did that Kickstarter end?
3: I'm not sure. Okay. It may, It's supposed to start. It was supposed to have started late in the year.
0: Okay. Last year,
3: last year, the the uh, web website he's work has been working on is www.phochronxa.net dot dot net. Because uh, someone had the dot com, yes. Who and Eric <laughs> is exactly right. And Eric Bergstrom's the 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 engineer and the designer of this thing. He's done a wonderful job with it. He's aiming at a price of about one hundred nineteen dollars for the basic unit. And, if with, and it also has an external sensor you can plug in to test. If you've got a, le, a, um, a shutter and you want to f- find out if there's irregularities in the shutter itself, whether there's capping and so forth, it's got extra sensors. And the extra sensor costs a little bit more. I think with the extra sensor, it would be like $139. But as I said, it's in development, a fantastically unit. It runs forever on a couple AA batteries. I think I'm going to get one.
1: I think as somebody that uh, has experience buying uh, in-use buying in stuff, any any uh, thrifty uh, mom and pop camera shop that buys in cameras. This is a handy tool in your pocket. This could right. save you a lot of money, so, a lot of heartache. And you could
3: do you could do shutter testing, five bucks.
0: Yeah, I think uh, <laughs> I set up a booth. Like, right, uh, right, right, like right. Lucy and Linus. Yeah, set up a booth. Yeah, I think matter answered the question, but we'll go around the table with uh, Would you buy? Yes. Okay. Yes. Well, that's your, you bought it. No, I. No, not yet. Yeah, I'm buying. <laughs> oh, one. you oh, have to give that one is, back? Is that see, a loaner? I have to send this back. It's a loaner. Oh, that's ah. awfully nice. Yeah, Leslie,
2: I I would consider that because I do use oh. a lot of different cameras, Where's a lot of different that's age that's cameras. There. So yeah, I, I'm can. gonna watch for that uh, Kickstarter.
0: I would um, say uh, is that it working? yeah. <laughs> I would say yes as well, even though <laughs> I would not use it on any of my cameras. You know, we come across a lot of folks.
1: No, just for the cameras that get donated in. So yeah. You can, like, yeah, right. Bum, bums over loose.
0: here, good ones over yeah, there. They, yeah. Oh, this doesn't yeah. sound right. Let's test the shutter. Yeah. Yep.
3: Right. You have some cameras, though. You, 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 you might cock the shutter like those MEs, which are duds, and they might only fire in 1 of a second and bulb. And then if you fire with a, with the electronic shutter... It, you think it's working, but it's not. The blades, make they shift, but they uh, open fully. Nothing happens. And yet. so you would, you would definitely know, oh, the shutter speed is uh, 100 seconds. <laughs> right, right. Yeah.
0: I think it's handy-dandy. Folks, uh, look it up, seek one out, then get the sad news. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we'll take a quick break, then we're going to do a quick book, and then we're out of here. Okay. Hey, this is Michael Rosso. Did you know that the Film Photography Podcast is listener-supported? That's right. Without you, there is no Film Photography Podcast, which is why we need your help. Please consider donating to the Film Photography Podcast by going to filmphotographypodcast.com and in the upper right-hand corner, clicking the Donate button. Your donation will keep the Film Photography Podcast running. Any purchase that you make in the Film Photography Podcast store will also support the Film Photography Podcast. Let's keep these shoes coming.
4: That's right, yeah.
0: (laughs) Support the Film Photography Podcast. Yeah. Hey, we're back. Hey, uh, Mark, let's do... How about the disappearance of
3: darkness? Oh, we did that one. Oh. How about... It's because it disappeared? How about the radical camera? I don't have that in the list. Oh, perfect. Mark, why don't we do a book review? book.
0: The Radical
3: Camera. Ah, uh, yes. The Radical Camera. It's a book about New York's Photo League from 1936 to 1951. It's a fantastic book. And a couple of years ago, they had exhibit at the Art Museum in mm-hmm. Columbus about the Radical Camera. Mm-hmm. And it was... What, what, what is it about? The New York Photo League. The New York Photo League was a group of photographers, mostly amateurs, but they had people in there of, of all walks of life and and backgrounds in new york city and it was an effort to get people to together who shared an interest in photography and involved them having darkroom space exhibition space met regularly open to anyone who wanted to join it they had ouija was a member they had a lot of famous photographers who were in this who were in this uh group and this book documents a lot about the photography about about the people involved in the in the group and it was quite influential in establishing people in, in pho- pho- photographic careers. In fact, many people listen to this book. Many of them did go on to prolific careers in, in photography. Some did not. Um, some just became some a... Some bottomed out. Well, some and there's spark. actually a documentary about this too, which is fantastic. Um, so it, there, there were actually some people in here that uh, were, were quite famous... Uh, Lizette Modell was one of the people involved. There was uh, Aaron Siskin was a, was, a, was a well-regarded photographer. They went out on photo shoots around the, around the city, encouraged people to, to document problems and poverty and so forth in, in New York City. Mm-hmm. And then there were a few members who were, who were very progressive and involved in, in the workers' movement and so forth. And so about the time McCarthyism started getting established, these guys were labeled as communist sympathizers and communists, which effectively, if you wanted to work in anything, you did not want to have that badge. Some people suffered terribly because of it. Mm -hmm. And uh, it was an unfortunate thing because they were definitely not. And that basically caused the dissolution of of the camera, of of the photo league. They really produced some very good work they did they did a lot of good work in harlem documenting things there and the book is just full of wonderful images i mean i i can't say enough about it it's just really well done it's their style was mostly documentary type but not all of it and it was it was just very good and and i think the uh some of the images in here are just just very amazing paul strand participated at some point and so they had a lot of people who were very influential in photography back in the, during World War II and, and, and after that were involved. I'll pass this around and take yeah. a look. But I highly recommend it. Um, it's published, actually, by Yale Press. And uh, I highly recommend this book. It was published in what year? Let's is see. It, um, I'm sorry, is it a collector group, group of, of authors or is it one author? Um, it's actually by Mason Klein and Catherine Evans, with con- contributions by Maurice Berger, Michael Lessie, and Ann Wilkes Tucker. It's, it's sponsored by the Jewish Museum in New York, the Columbus Museum of Art mm-hmm. in Columbus, Ohio, and Yale University Press. And it was published, the book was published in, two, in uh, 2013.
4: Ooh, Ooh,
3: it's so it's very modern. I have to say that the exhibit in, in Columbus was very moving, and I enjoyed it greatly.
0: What will a FPP listener have to pay to get a book like this? Oh, I
3: think it's about on the 40 to $50 range. Okay, yes. hardcover. Hardcover, yep. Very nice.
0: Well, I really enjoyed spending our New Year's Day with you folks. Uh, please write to us, podcast at filmphotographyproject.com. Uh, tell us about, uh, you know, what you have planned for 2017. What's your film resolution? What's your film resolution? Oh, it's about 1,000 lines per millimeter. <laughs> For folks out there who, like, you know, celebrated the gift-giving season this past December, hey, man, what came in your uh, bag that was hanging by your uh, fireplace? In your uh, stocking? What did you get in your stocking? Any new cameras? Coal. Any folks out there? <laughs> Coal. <Cole. laughs> any folks out there get any FPP stuff? Any FPP film? I hope so.
3: I think. It, I hope some people got... Their socks filled with film. Right. That'll be awesome. We're
0: going to pass around this book, and then we're going to hightail it out of here. But we'll be back in just two short weeks. So we will see you then. Yeah.